I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens somewhere around there. And also the longest running podcast by and for trans folks. Well, that's your persistence, dear. <laughs> until Transition Transmission drops another episode, then they'll be the longest running until they haven't dropped one again. For, right. Like for the next, I don't know, four or five months. Yeah, there's there's gaps. But they're still awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you, you applied for a position in a supervisory role at your agency. Yes, I did. There hasn't been one in several years. So There have been many reconfigurations of your departments and agencies, many reorganizations, mm-hmm. but none that actually created opportunities for you to get promotions. Absolutely none. This is true. Damn it. Mm-hmm. But hey, you're a man now, so your likelihood of getting that promotion just went up by like two or three hundred percent. It it probably did. We won't know until they tell me. But yeah, I think I think the chances are higher. I I don't know that you know that there's any other advantage I have. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think you do have that advantage. I think you also have the advantage of experience in the area that they're looking for, and you have supervisory experience. You end up being your boss when your boss is on vacation or on leave a lot. In a government job, though, the practical things don't always matter. Okay, fair. <laughs> right? So so we don't know. Right. But I, I went to put my suit on, and I finally have gained some weight back from being sick, and my jacket was a little tight. It was? It was, yeah. Fortunately, there were some suits and a, a, a nice lighter weight one on sale just at the department store. So That's good. I was able to get one of those, and it fit fine, and... And it was like less than a hundred bucks for both pieces, right? Yeah, it was. That's wild. It was really cheap. Yay, clearance short guy clothes. Yeah, so um, so that was good. Of course, I know that if I put a suit on, there's a thing in my building because there's more there's more women than men, mm-hmm. and most of the men don't dress up. Most of the men have the privilege where they can get away with polos and khakis or similarly They class get away levels. with things that they aren't supposed to be wearing all the time. Yes. And people who lack privilege, people of color, people of size, end up having to take it back up to that professional level. But comparatively, that means that they look adequately professional. And the guys don't tend to police each other, whereas the women get policed by the other women about what they're wearing. Yes. So that gets to be a problem for them. But so when a guy does wear professional clothing and there's there is some there are some guys like attorneys that come in and out of our building that wear suits, but that's different than the other guys in our building who just wear whatever they can get away with every day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so when you wear a suit, all of a sudden everybody's paying attention to you. Not not an introvert's favorite thing, by the way. But, no, uh, but I, I n- never have guessed that. Right? What? <laughs> Good thing I told you. <laughs> Thank you for explaining. <laughs> right? Continue. Um, so I, I know this is going to happen. And um, 
And not only that, but there is this cultural concept of men who dress well, associating that with being a good provider. So when you walk in in a suit, when you walk in dressed more nicely than average at all, all of the ovaries around you start tingling. You're scaring me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the the, the problem. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the problem. (laughs) Um. Well, I should say all of the male attracted ovaries around you. But yes. anyway. Um, so there's a lot of that. Of course, I knew that I wasn't going to wear the suit all day because I had to work really late that night. So I mm-hmm. just came home and changed right away. That's good. But, you know, the thing about the, the lawyers wearing their suits and the other guys when they finally put a suit on is uh, your interview suit is different than your got to go to work suit. Okay. You know, I can see you try that. to be a little nicer mm-hmm. suit that's not as worn out. Okay. Right. Mine wasn't worn out at all, so. Because it was brand new from the store on clearance. Yeah. I like clearance. Me too. So how did your interview go? Like you're working with, I mean, the people who are interviewing you are primarily people who have known you for like a decade or more. Yes. And to recap, in case, you know, people haven't been listening all this time, you you started your transition six years ago? Six years ago, next month. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, these people have known you? They've known me all this time, but what happens is, and I can, there's some way I can tell this, other people who are like me, you know, you can tell it's part of your queer radar to know what's going on in other people's heads. It's the the safety math. You've been trained by so many years of people not knowing what the fuck to do with you and that being a potential safety risk that you learn these cues and you learn to pay attention to certain subtleties of behavior and mannerism. Right. So now what I see on, on their faces is they're listening to me, but they're it's very different. Like, it's not the kind of respectful, professional attention that you get as a butch dyke that just doesn't, you know, must maybe a Rachel Maddow, I don't know. But, you know. I don't know. That would be interesting. See? Rachel or any of her well, cadre get in touch with us. We would be interested. <laughs> well, and also there's Ra- Rachel Maddow has another issue of of being the news person that's favored by some groups and not by others. So that's well, a separate yeah. problem. And, you know, putting on the, the pseudo femme every day for the, the presentation of it, mm-hmm. the, the makeup and the, you know, the hair and looking pretty or something, because it, it, it's the thing we talked about before, where if people recognize you as something they can easily categorize, then they don't get hung up on trying to categorize you and they can just hear what you're saying. Right. And, and she has said that in other words, different different yeah, ways of expressing yeah. it, but it's the same thing. Yeah. And for Rachel Maddow, the, there's a people who are already in the group of, you know, adjusted folks and then there's the other ones who are like, oh, the lesbian, she just dresses like the rest of us, you know. <laughs> so anyhow, back to the... <laughs> so your interview. <laughs> interview. Are we on Gallifrey and Rabbit Trails again? Damn so, it. Something like that. Um, go ahead. Um, so I could see them listening to me and looking at me. And what I can see is that the subconscious part of their brain is saying male. You know, I can see this difference 
uh-huh. in, in the way. And there was three guys in there, so there's that. Right. But the one woman, too, who's also known me very long. Mm-hmm. You, I can just tell. Their posture is different. The way they're looking at you is different, you know. So that's always interesting to me. Like, I'm surprised I'm not sitting there for a minute with my mouth hanging open, looking at all of them like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, whoa, well, what's going on here? And I'm curious if you can quantify what are the differences in expression, in posture, clarify, detail, or even recall what those things are that make that happen. I don't know what's making it happen. No, I mean like what 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 exhibits that <laughs> the subconscious part of their brain is making it happen, but that's what are they what exhibiting? Yes. That's what I was saying. But like the way they are paying attention to you rather than trying to find something else to look at they or something at else you, to they do. They their... directly look at you and pay attention the whole time. Looking. Thank you. That yes. was the physiological mm-hmm. behavior I was looking for. Yeah. They direct their attention. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always mean looking. When you're talking to this microphone, I generally can hear what you're saying better if I'm looking at the ceiling above you. <laughs> <laughs> because then I'm less distracted by facial expressions and, oh my gosh, that guy is gorgeous. And I can just listen to words. So anyway, there's something about the expressions on their face that's different as well. That I can't quantify. But you were able to come up with facial facial direction, which thank you. That was exactly the kind of okay. yeah. I often don't understand your question, despite the amount of words you can put in there. <laughs> I'll keep rephrasing it as many times as I need to until you seem to understand. That could take a while. Until, see, with that I can, I can quantify. I can say that your, your jaw relaxes and your eyebrows shift and the direction of your eye gaze changes from being at me trying to figure out what I'm saying to the empty space in your brain trying to figure out the response. I hope it's not empty. Well, <laughs> Sort of like when I'm listening to you and I'm looking at the empty space above your head, it's it's me using my brain and not my eyes. And so at that point, you've stopped using your eyes and you've gone into your brain for a second. So your eyes aren't looking at me. They're looking into the empty space. Does that make sense now? Yes, I do want the, the space above my head to be empty. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I'm considering an anvil. <laughs> That would not be an empty space, dear. Good noticing. <laughs> this is the kind of trouble that, that you get into when you get me in front of a microphone and it's nighttime. It is nighttime. Yeah. But you went to this interview and your boss also applied for a promotion. Yes, which could create yet another position. For you to get promoted into, hopefully. Yes. So the way you were explaining her explanation of this hiring process, in government employment, oftentimes they will use a screener test or... um, you know, an aptitude test as part of their promotion process, selection process. Yes. And the way she was describing the test to you is that it was very male-coded. That's my description to you. 
her description to me was about the hard parts. And I could see how some of the business parts and the varied math parts were difficult. And she's older than me. So I think that, you know, there's exceptions to all these things. But typically in her age group, that is not something that women were pushed for. There are plenty of women who do lots of maths and sciences and so forth, but not necessarily in my building. Okay, fair. Right? (laughs) Okay. They have other soft skills. Yes. Not so much the maths. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Given given that the primary thrust of your agency is mental health, I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not doing the research. So the descriptions that she was giving seemed to me that this is yet still a, a way that these tests are more male oriented and that men then take the test and do well on it and then they think they're so great and that they know everything, which is how we end up with these other bosses that we have who really don't know their ass from their elbow about anything else. But they can do an accounting spreadsheet for their payroll. Well, you know, (laughs) probably. One would hope. No one really knows what they can do. Oh, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. So I see how so many men in the world could be like, oh, a bunch of Aspie people made us this really intricate test that shows us how important we are. Okay. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Somebody really detailed made made this kind of test. As an educational advocate, I will be the first one to say most tests are made to favor the dominant demographic. Mm -hmm. Whether it's males being the dominant demographic, white folks being the dominant demographic, class privileged people being the dominant demographic, most tests are formulated to favor the dominant demographic. Yeah. So I just thought, well, I I hope she did okay because, you know, I really would like there to be another opening. (laughs) Just in case. Well, even if just in case, because I didn't the position that opens up presumably someone at her level. Well, there is a guy in a job that's similar, uh-huh. and he could probably get it. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. There's one of it's one of them. At which point they would want to hire another male into that supervisory team. They probably would. Um, and so you would probably be a shoe in for that position. Well, see, actually, his position is technically higher than hers already. He makes more money than the rest of them, although none of us can really figure out doing what? Having a penis. That's what what it is usually. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. It's like my boss said to me before I started working there, we were passing one another at the gym one day and he he said, how are you doing? What are you up to these days? And I said, you know, I'm still looking for a, a... change of job. And he says, oh, but you should do this and you should do that. And I said, I've tried and they don't pick me and they always pick men. And he says, that's because my penis makes me smarter than you. (laughs) And he was being completely facetious, admittedly, but he knows what's up. Yes, he does. It's hilarious to me. But speaking... And, And it's really not true. So I'm not telling anybody anything new here, but I'm just well. Going, yes, I just want to acknowledge any the of truth our here. Listeners would <laughs> no. understand that. <laughs> it, it does completely the opposite, as far as we can tell. In case you missed it, <laughs> we're being sarcastic, <laughs> or as our number two child would say, cartastic. Cartastic. <laughs> yeah, that's cartastic. Oh, it's. I still can't remember the word he made up when we were doing government homework the other night. He was... Legitation or legitation. Legitation, I think. 
It was. Yes. That's not, no, that's not what the Supreme Court does, but okay, try again. <laughs> he was just going to start make, putting words together. Out of the syllables he, that he remembered yeah, from class. Yeah. But See, this is probably how the Germans started with their stuff, you know, because that's how they do it. They just take a word and add some more stuff onto it each time. But they start with actual word. Yeah, well, he started with an actual word as far as he's concerned, too. <laughs> fair. So. Not really fair, but... Yeah. So work is wild and weirdly gendered like that. Like you had some guy, you know, you're talking last time we talked about work and being gendered and some guy was like, come look at this Cubs thing. And yeah, I saw the same guy in the hallway yesterday and he said, I'm going to see your Cubbies in, in uh, September. He had to stop and tell me that. Because, you know, it's a thing. Yes, it is. I, I mean, I other people talk about other things and, mm-hmm. you know. Uh-huh. I, I enjoy that he talks to me about these things because I do feel a little on the outside with some of the men in the building because I don't know them that well. And I didn't grow up in their culture, so I don't know which things to, you know, start spitting at them. Right. You know, babbling, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> sports ball something, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not and a sports also, ball kind of guy. I don't, I'm not used to talking to them. Right. I'm still at the stage where I'm surprised that they're talking to me. Like... Well, the the other day I told you I had to go get the car fixed. Uh, the the key wouldn't go into the ignition without a lot of finagling, and I didn't want to get stuck somewhere. So I called the mechanic, you know, and you're like, "Hey, Tom, it's George, and I got the you know this car that. So here's what it's doing. Do I need to bring it in, or can I go to the locksmith?" He's like, "Oh yeah, go to Andy's." So then I go to Andy's. I'm at the locksmith, and uh, it's so easy. You know, I, I go in, and they say, can I help you, sir? That's so great. And I know that they're just going to do the thing I need. You know, as a, as a butch dyke going in there, you'd be like, oh, man, now I have to figure out what they're going to do. And see, as <laughs> because a, a gender-nonconforming femme, I would go in there, and they'd say, how can we help you? Yeah, yeah, they would. You know, they'd for you, they're talking like, to you like need? a toddler. <laughs> For you, they're like, what do you need? Or what can we do for you, sir? Yes. And for me, they're like, how can we help you? Because they assume I need help. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. With that tone of voice. And then while they're fixing the car, this guy pulls up in this big SUV, like an American car. He gets out and he sees the locksmith working on my ignition. He's putting it back together at this point. And the guy says to me, this Latino guy. Now, this is the last person that would have ever talked to me in the world as a butch dyke. He would have just ignored that I was existing, uh-huh. you know, at least in, in all of my experience. That's shifting some with the younger generations. How old was this guy? He was old school. He wasn't okay. old, though, but he was old school. So yeah. it is It is a little different with some younger generations. That's true. Like some younger guys I might see at work would probably be different. But this guy was old school. Okay. And, and I said, well, it's the ignition, but the key wouldn't go in. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, no, I got the opposite problem. It, I can't get the key out of there. <laughs> but he's just he's standing just there bullshitting standing there, with yeah, me. Yeah, just talking about, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of wild. It was wild to me. So I said, well, they said it would take like an hour and a half. And he's like, oh, I better get in there. You know? Right. So, right. So uh, that was, you know, it's different. It's very different. 
That's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. See, I it's just I I notice it because I'm like, no, that didn't happen before. No, and see, for me, it would have happened, but it would have had a completely different tone to it because they see femme, they think woman, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like our buddy was saying the other night when he came over, like every girl wants my dick now. I know they don't, but. In the back of my head somewhere are some hormones saying they do. <laughs> yeah. And they wouldn't have talked to you about it because no, but your would, opinion is insignificant. No. and But they would have said, so what are you here for? Or I see they're working on your ignition too. And I'd be... He may have or he may not have. It's true. Yeah. Depends on whether or not he considered me fuckable. Yes. This is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, as a femme of size, I may or may not be considered fuckable by that particular gentleman. <laughs> yeah, whereas I think he was trying to get a feel for the place we were at because there were a bunch of white guys and he wasn't. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm sort of a white guy that's not completely You're, you're white a short white guy, so either I, you're going to have a bad case of short man syndrome or you're just going to be chill. Yeah, but I also have curly hair. I don't look, you know, blonde-haired and blue-eyed white guy. So, yeah. Anyhow. You are so not master race material. (laughs) Just saying. Right. (laughs) So, speaking of which, though, we did have friends over the other night. Yes, we did. Yeah, we had some friends here. And these are the guys that you met through your lawyer friend, who is not our lawyer friend. A friend of yours who happened to know these two other trans guys and didn't exactly do the same thing that straight people do because she's a dyke. But it was still kind of the, you're one of these and you're one of these and you're one of these, so you should all meet. One of the two guys is an old girlfriend many, many, many moons ago. And then his friend is the other guy. So that's how we got two two for one or whatever you want to say. Okay. Yeah. And he was t- apparently talking to her about, he's my age, mm-hmm. and he was talking to her about, you know, not being able to relate to these young guys mm-hmm. that he does meet when he does, because he's, he does some advocacy type stuff. So right. he has kids and mm-hmm. one of them is probably autistic. Right. So, you know, it's kids and kid problems and an ex-wife. He has one of those. And and she did ask first, hey, I have a friend who he's like your age and he's looking for other friends your age and, and he's also trans. So would you want to meet, meet him? And I said, yes. And so between him and his other friend who we also knew because it's a small town and you, it like I said, it, it wasn't the you should all meet, but it kind of was the you should all meet. Yes. And it wasn't, do you know the other trans guys? <laughs> which, okay, that's But it good. was the, you should meet. Yes. But in, which, a, in a good way. In a good way, yeah. because you're, the three of you are trans guys mm-hmm. with challenging exes and challenging children. Yes. And uh, we're, <laughs> shall I say mature? <laughs> You are farther along in your transition than they are, and so you have achieved a level of maturity. No, not that. Behavioral maturity. Not that. But by age, I think one of them is actually older than you. No? No. No, he's just shy of your age? He is. And you, and, and the I, other one is my age. Yes. One, but he's... So we're not... He's not a, a young your age like some people are. He's more like your age like you are. Yes. Older. He's... Yeah. Lots of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Takes them seriously. Yes. To the point it drives him nuts, but yeah. Yes. The the Oregon Trail generation 
as they call us, the Xennials, the the late Gen Xers, who some of them tend towards the millennial habits, but we are not, he and I. Right. Which is good. And the other thing that was good was I was kind of worried because like you guys had gone out to eat and gone out to like what, coffee or something like that, or I don't Um, remember. I don't know. You did things out. Mm-hmm. Which was nice for you. You like to go out, but then there was not an out. I don't like to go out. You like to get away from children and go the, to a place I that is away like from children. Away. Yes, that part is true. But this week, you did not get to go away from children. No. And they wanted to hang out. And, and the second guy, he, he didn't get to hang out the other times. He tried to, but he was dealing with stuff. But these guys, they wanted to hang out. And I thought, well, this is just not going to happen. I, I have the responsibility of the small man down the hall. And, right. Uh, but so, are... so I told them, I said, can you come over here? Mm-hmm. And they did. And that was great. It was great, especially since in our small village, one of them is from the village south and one of them is from the village north. And so our house is central-ish. Yes. Yes. It's a good probably 40 minutes drive for each of them. Yeah. But that's okay. They didn't mind. Yeah. And their kids are, they can leave them home. Yes. There were problems. Uh-huh. One of them had to take a phone call and settle down a child who was fussing. And the other one had to answer texts of a child who had gotten himself in trouble. And, and, and Dad's getting a text of, so you're going to be really mad. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, which which I have were... to say, as a parent, okay, NB Mama's going to tell y'all kids something if you're listening. All y'all young folks, that is the right way to start a bad text. Tell the parent, you're going to be mad. Tell the parent right off the bat, before they have a chance to understand what it is that you did, give them the preface of, you're going to be upset with me, so that they have a chance to run through all the terrible scenarios in their brain before you tell them what actually happened. And then there's a sizable chance that they will be relieved that what you have... It was only that thing. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's your problem. Yes. And especially if you can already come back with, here's the problem, but here's what I'm already doing to solve it. Or here's what I'm already planning on fixing or... Yeah. As a teenage boy, he doesn't have a solution. (laughs) He just wants to tell you that he's in trouble and he knows it. So they had to deal with kid things and mine was in bed. Of course, mine had his screen in front of his face until after 10, but that was my fault because I didn't realize how much time had passed. I don't usually stay up quite that late. Right. Without really feeling the pain. And they, they mentioned that too, which was funny. Yeah, none of us are night owls except me. But even I'm starting to fade after a while. I was starting to turn into a pumpkin about the time they were getting ready to leave. Yeah, you get up very early, even though you're you're a night owl. Mm-hmm. I mean, given half a chance, you do, you like immediately start drifting into your natural Yes, I will pattern. wake up later and stay up later. And mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. but... But there's this work thing. There's this work thing. Capitalism is made for early birds and we got bills to pay. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing I was concerned about was that, you know, being the girl, you guys. I, I explained to them while you guys were getting food that uh, my wife is not a girl. And they said, oh, okay. Like, that's a relief. <laughs> And that's the thing, sort of like when you and I first met that you were kind of like intrigued, but slightly standoffish because you were like, ah, she looks like a girl. (laughs) (laughs) And girls are trouble. Sorry, ladies. It's true. Most of them probably know it. Half of them probably chose it. (laughs) He's making a acknowledgement, nodding face. Mm -hmm. He's running out of words. He's getting tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
It feels like it should be Friday and it's not. It's not Friday. Your work schedule is still unpleasant, but we'll discuss that another time. Here's hoping that you'll get a supervisor's position and it will get more pleasant. Maybe I can be like the other supervisors and be on call instead of having to sit there. And don't you get like time and a half or double time if you're on call outside of There's contact? various ways of... There's many variations depending on exactly which thing you have been assigned. Okay. And if you are on call and then actually end up working or not. Right. During that time. Uh Uh-huh. So. So, here's hoping that you'll get a better job. I I hope so, because it would be more money, too, and I probably would be able to get mostly a day shift. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I know that I don't really know what I'm doing, but I also know that that doesn't matter, because... I'm just some guy doing his job. Uh, exactly. And to be, and all those other guys do that. So oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. And we don't need more money, but you have retirement coming. And government retirement programs are often based on your aggregate average salary. And so if you can get more these last few years, that will improve your income for the remainder of your existence. Yes. And as far as I know, I was the only guy who interviewed. Uh-huh. The rest were women. And my understanding is there were there was one less than I thought. I thought there was like, you know, a few of us and there was only a couple of us. But anyhow. Um, Your work wife interviewed if, for that position too, didn't she? Yes. And she does know what she's doing. But she that does not mean that they will give her the job. She has, inter- she has applied for and interviewed for more jobs than you have. And they never give her the job because she is too good at her job and they don't want to move. Her. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I tell and her that you all the time. Acknowledge it. That's great. You've told her that she should get worse at her job so she could well, get a promotion. All the time I spent caring for my mother, four and a half years, and all the parenting I have to do, which my work wife got a little taste of when we were gone. Yes. Makes me not as good at my job that I used to be because I don't get as many things done. Right. And she gets too many things done because. She's one of those overachievers. She doesn't, she's not even like, technically she's in my generation, but really she's like. She was raised with that depression mindset of you hustle until you are literally out of hustle to give. Yes. And so you yeah. stash all your you, you savings. You don't and spend money unless you really need to, or unless you really <laughs> planned to. So, and yeah. Yeah, so she doesn't have those things to do and um, doesn't have children to spend all her money for her. So Yeah, she doesn't have any of those problems. But the problem she does end up having then is supervisors and other people who are upset with her for outshining them. You're saying she doesn't have supervisors upset with her? No, I'm saying she does. Oh. She doesn't have the problems that interfere with her ability to accomplish things. Oh, and she does have people getting pissed off because she gets too many things done. Yes. This is true. And she does get in more business than probably um, somebody who doesn't have as much energy. I'm raising my hand. Yes. <laughs> I've had Sometimes to... I will follow around and watch, but I'm not doing all those things. Yes. My new boss has had to pull me back from getting into trouble more than once over oh, my onboarding. I, don't I look surprised? I know. So anyway, <laughs> gender is weird. Friends are nice. Jobs are hopefully improving. Is yeah. that our recap? Yes. Jobs are helpful and we, we, we like hopeful as well. All right, whatever. I'm waving my hands now. It's time to go. So I'm guessing that's it then. That is it. 
We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Oh, you went to your interview. Yes, I went to an interview. Okay, dog, you can't move around. This is not something Jess will approve of. Don't look at me like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is looking at you. He is. He knows. Yeah. And to recap, in case, you know, people haven't been listening all this time, although I just got another email last week from somebody who started at episode one and is binging us through, I think, at the time of the email, they were in the 70s. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Which always is wild to me. I'm like, are we really that interesting? <laughs> Apparently. I, 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 don't I sure don't know. Anyway, yeah, you you started your transition six years ago? But that also means that she doesn't have uh, any anyone getting upset at her for outshining them. Oh yeah, she does. You mean at, at work? I said that backwards, didn't I? I don't know what you were saying. You said one thing and I thought you were saying what you said. <laughs> Tell me, what, what were you saying? Let me start that sentence again. Okay. Now I'm talking like our number two child. That's why I was looking at you very strangely and deciding how, how do I answer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs>